0: lion's share we often reference the practice of beginning with the end in mind so in this first week of january let's do that let's begin the year with the end in mind not necessarily the end of 2021 but with the idea of finishing well research shows that on average one in three spiritual leaders from the bible church history and modern christian leaders finish well We certainly had some high-profile examples of that in the last year. In this episode, we revisit our discussion about engaging in practices to keep you from finishing poorly.
1: Welcome to Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God, a production of Lion's Share, a ministry that aims to co-mission with Jesus in making disciples of all nations. We ignite and provide resources to disciple-makers in the church and throughout the vocations. In our world today, there is more information available than at any time in history, but wisdom is in short supply. In this podcast, you'll hear how learning about the character and ways of God is a guide to wisdom.
0: Hi, this is Sonia Beerson with LionShare, and I'm speaking today with Dave Beering, the founder and president of LionShare. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that I'm especially excited uh, to discuss, and it is finishing well. Dave, uh, let's let's talk about this in the context of why this is one of the ways of God.
2: So in our podcast, our focus is on the ways of God, and we often define that as how God goes about doing things or how God does stuff. It's the hows, and it's how we are to do things so that we can reflect His life through ours. And so when we're talking about finishing well, one of the things that's important for us to recognize is that there are portions of Scripture that encourage us to live our life to the full, right to the end. And I love it in the book of Acts, where it talks about how David, David, when he fulfilled the purposes of God in his life, went to be with his fathers. And and I think finishing well is one of those pieces that causes us to endure well, to race well, to be able to keep our eyes on the finish line. And because of this truth in my own life, Sonia, it lets me reference things uh, as I look both in the past and in the And in the future and be able to say, okay, I want to be a guy that I don't have my friends dragging my rear end across the finish line at the end of my life because I could barely make it. I wasn't doing what I want to run across the finish line of life, honoring the Lord and who I am and my relationships and all that I do.
0: Well, the reason that I'm so excited to talk about this on the podcast is this is actually the first sermon I ever heard you deliver. Um, I can't remember exactly. I think it was in 2005 or 2006. Yes, that's right. I was uh, relatively a newlywed and we were living in Washington, D.C. I was working in broadcasting and my husband was working in politics and government And when we heard you talk about this, it resonated with us because Mm. living in Washington, D.C., you see a lot of people who are in power. Perhaps they may be in the peak of their career, but we saw so many people fall. Uh, you know, and so they didn't finish well. And we really were drawn to this because we looked at each other and said, we want to finish well, you know, not just in our marriage, but in our vocations and our spiritual life. So talk to us about what you mean by finishing well, because I think we know what that means, but, but, but flesh that out for us.
2: So. Much of what I want to share today is based on some research by a guy by the name of Dr. Robert Clinton, or he goes by Bobby Clinton. At the time, he was the pre- professor of leadership at Fuller Theological Seminary in Southern California, and Over time, Sonia, from the early 1980s to the late 1990s, he had researched approximately 1,300 spiritual leaders from scripture, church history, and modern times. And here was the amazing thing. He found that only one out of three people finished well. These are spiritual leaders, one out of three. And so I attended something that he led and it was a five day intensive. And while I was sitting there, the way he started it, when he first walked in the room, he greeted us. He said, I want all of you to count off by three. So we do the one, two, three. One. there's about 60 of us. So we do that. Then he says, I want all the number twos to stand. So, You know, I wasn't a a two, so I was still sitting. He said, I just want you to look around the room and realize what one out of three looks like. And man, did that ever hit all of us. And so for me, I wanted to know what does finishing well actually look like? And so let me just define it how Bobby defines it. Here's what he says. It's these six different qualities. Your relationship with God, the older you get, the more vibrant it becomes. Now, obviously, there can be health things and all that that impact our life. But when it's dealing with someone's relationship with the Lord, it's vibrant. There, there's an ongoing learning posture. In other words, you're open to learn from all kinds of sources. You don't think you know it all, but you're, there's a humility and an openness, a teachability. There's Christ-like character. Like the older you get, the more the fruit of the Spirit, like love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, et cetera, are emanating through your life. A fourth one that he mentions is that the older you get because of your years in the word of God and being discipled and having people pour into you, you maintain the convictions and truths grounded on God's character in the scriptures and his ways that you can walk in. You tend to – the fifth one is accomplish God's purposes. Now – A leader who finishes well will leave behind this ultimate contribution, as Bobby calls it, or a legacy, a godly legacy as a testimony to God. But you accomplish his purposes. And then the last one is that you as a person have a fulfilled sense of destiny. Doing it perfectly? Of course not. But what an amazing thing to think about ending your life realizing I fulfilled what I came here for, why God brought me here to this earth. It's its an amazing thing. So that's that's what finishing well looks like in the context of what we're talking about.
0: On one hand, when you give that list, when you describe those qualities, you know, I think to myself, man, that I want to aspire to that. That yes, sounds great. But then there's too. a part of me that says, uh, there's no way. I mean, come on, Dave, that's an extremely high <laughs> standard. Did anybody reach that? Right. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, yeah. we we think about uh, folks in the Old Testament and at, as many great things as they did. I remember all the, the major faults, too. Right. You know, mm-hmm. some of these spiritual fathers and and mothers, there were some real shortcomings. Yes. And, you know, so you can look at it this, both ways. Uh, but I think one of the things I've heard you teach is that the reason this bar is so high is because we can't do it in our own flesh. We can't do it out of our own strength and just really trying hard, you know, to to hit this threshold, this bar, but that we need God's help.
2: Indeed. And the reality is, is this is this is what God wants us to aspire to, to finish well, to, to leave a God honoring legacy that will cause others when you're in heaven and you're gone to still follow hard after Jesus. It's, it's a huge, Huge thing. And and you said it well, nobody's going to do this perfectly. And, and even when we look at characters in the Bible, it's an interesting thing to see which one's finished well, which one's finished maybe not so good, which one's finished even so-so. And so um, it, it is something, Sonia, that I think is there for us to aspire to. I think it is a reality of what we can walk in. But we need to walk, just as we're talking about in all these podcasts, we need to learn to walk in God's ways of doing things to get there.
0: So Dr. Bobby Clinton put, Uh, leaders, uh, both in the Bible, uh, throughout church history, as well as folks in modern times into four buckets. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about each of those.
2: Okay. So just as he observed, he approached the scriptures, not with an agenda, but rather just to observe the lives of these spiritual leaders, many of whom you and I are familiar with in the scriptures. And so he put them, as Sonia said, in four buckets. The first bucket was, he called it those cut off early. In other words, they There are people that were taken out of leadership by assassination or killed in battle or prophetically denounced or overthrown. Um, And and as we look at this, it's like you get leaders, for example, like a Samson. Samson would be a good illustration of this. Uh, He got cut off early because of his own sin and what happened. And there was a big finish he had, but he got cut off early. You couldn't really see the extent of his whole life lived. You see uh, Absalom who uh, betrayed even his own father and his life is literally hanging in his, his head hanging in a tree as he's riding his horse through a forest and he loses his life. Uh, John the Baptist is another one. He came and fulfilled his purpose, but at the same time, his life was cut short. And James is is another good example of that. And we see James um, in in the New Testament taking a lead, but we also see James's life cut off early. So he he has a category of those that are cut off early that he can't really measure uh, through their lives, some of this. And then those that finished poorly, what he means by that is these leaders were going downhill in the latter part of their lives and leadership. So this impacted their walk with God, their decision-making as they led. So uh, again, Samson could be on that list. A a big one here that, that I think of is the life of Saul. Saul was Israel's very first king, yet at the end of his life, he's consulting witches for guidance. And so we just see a poor finish. Solomon is another one. I mean, the guy that wrote the Proverbs that we all like to quote and read and reflect on, so many wives and concubines that he finished poorly. Now, when we're saying this, Sonia, it doesn't mean they're not going to heaven. We don't, that's not what we're saying. We're saying how did they finish their life here on earth? So we've got those cut off early, those who finished poorly. The third one is those that finished so-so. And the only one I want to pick on here is David. In other words, these leaders did well, but were limited in some areas of their leadership because of sin. And so David is a good illustration of this. He's the man after God's own heart. And yet we know of the sin of Bathsheba that ended up then, you know, spilling into so many other sins. It's an it's a amazing story. And David finished his life so-so. He had problems with, with his kids. Again, Absalom, Solomon, all kinds of things going on there. And then, of course, you have the fourth one, those that finished well. These leaders were walking with God well at the end of their lives. And so we have an Abraham. We have a Joseph. We have a, a Job. Who finishes well, Joshua and the Caleb's, the, the Samuels, the Daniels, obviously Jesus, Peter and Paul, you have have this list. And so those are the four buckets, Sonia, that he talked about.
0: Let's talk about why some of these folks did not finish well. And, you know, I think we, depending on what stories we love in the Bible, we may focus on, you know, the great things they did. Hmm sometimes we we want to kind of sweep under the rug the the things that they didn't do well i think some people there may have been some wonderful things they did uh but but they were defined by what they didn't do right uh and, and you know instead of taking a look at their whole lives but but there are barriers to finishing well and what did they not do
2: so it was really interesting to me that bobby uh, he saw six different barriers to finishing well, and there's there's one that I've added since just in the 23 years or so since I first initially received this information and have just watched in my own duration. I'll, I'll tag that one at the end. So here's his list. And again, I I, I don't want to uh, spend a lot of time on these, but just to give you uh, a sense of it. The first one is finances, because leaders make important decisions regarding finances, a character trait of greed or lack of personal integrity will often lead to the improper control and use of money and uh, we see in the scriptures for example in Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5 lying to Peter they didn't need to lie to lie to him but but they did and both of them f- suddenly found themselves you know, dead and uh, finances, managing finances, overseeing finances is one of those things again that we need to be able to do with integrity and righteousness in our attitudes. But handling finances wrongly can stumble us from finishing well. Now, as I say that, let let me just make sure on all of these that we're going to talk about. If you have screwed up here in your life, does that mean, I guess I will never finish well? No, it all depends on your response. Are you responding to God in humility and repentance and being rightly aligned here again so you can move forward? So don't think that if I've committed this sin once or twice or whatever, I'm just out. Don't look at it that way. It's these people didn't realign their lives and it cost them. All right. A second one is abuse of power. Leaders are given a God-given base of power by which they can serve other people. However, the abuse of power can manifest itself in things like manipulation and control. Uh, let me just say this, Sonia, while we're here. Manipulation and control have nothing to do with God's character or his kingdom ever. Ever. That's not how God functions and we need to understand that. But leaders can take that approach or they try to gain inappropriate privileges from those they are leading. We've seen some of those things publicly in recent days. There's an abuse of power. So that's a second one. Third one is pride. Self-centered pride can lead to the downfall of any leader. In other words, pride can lead a leader to poor decision making because they are not Taking the counsel of other people. And so, just in their own arrogance and pride, they think they know the way, the right way, the only way to do it, and they're not open to hear from anybody. Pride uh, was the downfall of Lucifer in Scripture. And so, we need to remember it can be the downfall of us as well. Uh, uh, fourth one is sexual misconduct. Uh, this has been the downfall of many major leaders from the biblical era, right. Right up to now, countless leaders have been disqualified because of of sinful activity in this realm. Now, we live in a world that might just go, ah, it's not a big deal. They can still—we're not talking about here the accountability to the world. We're talking about here your accountability to God. And we need to realize it's not just a position we're talking about here. It's the calling of God on your life and through your life, why this is important stuff for us to tend. And so again, we talked a little bit ago about David as an illustration there in scripture with Bathsheba, but sexual misconduct, not having that area rightly aligned in our life can, can be a barrier to finishing well. Family relationships is another one, problems between spouses, parents and children, among siblings, that kind of thing. We see again, Solomon was involved in so many different relationships he had between wives and concubines and things that it, it messed up his ability to finish well. Uh, plateauing. This one is the sixth one. It might be unique to you, so let me describe it. Plateauing is when you're growing, 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 and then you level out and you just get content living at that level of competency and you're not wanting to engage growth. It's also... The, the reality is we can become so good at something that we do that we're not reliant any longer on the power of the Holy Spirit through our lives using those gifts and skills that we have. And so plateauing is one of those places that we need to be aware Um, when we're there and somebody said this to me, you can tell you've plateaued because the only thing you're ever talking about is the same thing over and over and over and over again. You're not growing in any new areas. Interesting Mm -hmm. way to look at it. And the last one, Sonia, is the one that I tagged on at the end is untended emotional wounds. Leaders who don't address hurts, wounds, disappointments, and those kinds of things can become emotionally crippled and rendered internally helpless. It's, it's this lack of tending one's own soul that can lead to relational breakdowns and vulnerable places where the enemy of our soul will come in to try to steal, kill, and destroy. This is one, Sonia, I added because I've run into it over and over and over again. And so in other words, when God is revealing some stuff on the inside of your life, don't push it down. Allow the Holy Spirit with some trusted people around you to help you process that, repent, forgive, get rightly aligned to God and his character in ways, whatever it means. But that's one that I constantly see Sonia takes people out.
0: You know, we could literally do an episode on each one of (laughs) these barriers. There's so much to mine here. And there's unfortunately plenty of examples in our world today. You know, um, I I wanted to go back to family relationships for a second uh, because you have also taught that failure to meet the needs of a leader who is single can also lead to problems, mm. and I, I I just want to stop there for a second because a lot of times in Christianity, you know, when we talk about family, when we talk about leaders, you know, we we focus on those who are married. We focus on families, but we don't talk a lot about singlehood. That some people may be called to singlehood, to singleness, and uh, God has something for people who are single, they may not always be in that situation. But when you say that failure to meet the needs of a leader who is single can also lead to problems, what are you talking about? And and who might be someone in the Bible that we can use as an example of this?
2: Well, I think, you know, one of the realities that we have to consider is that, you know, we've got wonderful single people that are called to leadership. And I love that. And, but married people have to deal with their own tending of each other and their marriage and all that kind of thing but i think oftentimes as you've well pointed out sonia that that single leaders can feel left out of this. And we do need to tend to the the needs of the single person. And especially for me, when I walk with leaders in their 20s and 30s, some now in their 40s who are not married, there's still a longing and desire that they have to be married. And one of the things that I can see happen is their longing to be married can get them caught in relationships that they maybe should have gotten some counsel on before they jumped into it. And probably most singles listening to this will say amen to that. You know, we've all, bumped into situations that we thought there was an attraction and we thought this could be good, but we didn't seek some wise counsel and that c- itself can lead to problems. Like I've watched Sonia, very committed uh, followers of Jesus, like passionate, hungry, grounded in the word kind of folks who are single. And then this person comes into their life that they think they fall in love with and they leave their faith to follow after them. And I think that's one of the kinds of things that as the family of God, as the body of Christ, we need to come alongside those that are single to create a safe environment by which they can talk about those things. And because there's nothing greater. Uh, I've got a particular person in mind who went through one of our leadership things not long ago, who's recently let me know he's getting married. and I'm just so delighted because he desired to be married, but wasn't pursuing it. He was pursuing God, being obedient to the things God was asking him, not only in his life, but his vocation. And here God brought this lovely lady into his life who loves Jesus like he does. And, but in the process of all of that, Sonia, I I think we need to, to consider these things. Uh, not to mention things like loneliness or just feeling aloneness, those dynamics come into play. And so we need to make sure that singles are drawn into our, whether our small groups or into our family and be really included in there. So there's just a lot of those kinds of pieces we can do to help the single person while they're in that state of life temporarily or long term, really be a part and help them finish well.
0: You know, I don't want to belabor, uh, the barriers to finishing well, but as you were, you know, kind of recounting that list to us, finances, abuse of power, fr- uh, pride, sexual misconduct, family relationships, plateauing and untended emotional wounds, you know, it occurred to me that this is not just a barrier to personally finishing well, but if you are a leader, there are other people's, other people watching you. Uh, whether it's within the Christian community, right? Mm-hmm. But also your witness publicly mm-hmm. to non-Christians, to non-believers. Big and show. if you speak to non-believers, they will ultimately point to one of these things as something that makes the church unattractive to them, yes. that makes things of God unattractive to them. They point to these things first and foremost as saying, why would I want to be a part of something that on so many public stages, people fall to these things? How is that any different from what's going on in in the world today? It's not attractive. Uh, There's so much of this Uh, Talk to us a little bit about
2: that. That's really good, Sonia. And I I do feel like this is one of those things where, again, I want to underscore in these barriers, we're not talking that you've never sinned in these areas. What we're talking about is what are you doing with it? Are you, for example, if it's untended emotional wounds, do you just keep living in that and you are actually drawn to the fact that you like being the victim because then you get the attention? Or are you saying, I got to step out of this because... My identity is more in what happened to me, and I like the attention that comes to that, versus recognizing that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God, and there's a whole different identity that God has for you. And and when we don't come into those places, using that as an example in in our lives, corporately— like lots of people who represent the body of Christ, it just spills over and it gives God a black eye, if you want to put it that way. It gives the church a black eye. And, and we're, God's not concerned about getting a black eye. He can handle himself. But, but Sonia, you've articulated that really well. The way the world will be open to the things of God is whether or not they're open to us. And if we are becoming a barrier for people to be able to experience Jesus, it's another motivation for me as I go through that list of things and say, okay, like when I go through this, because I teach it a lot, I will deal with this in my life. And I'll encourage people as we go through finances, abusive power, all of them, I'll say just – figure out a system for you, whether it's one to five or one to 10 with five and 10 representing, I'm doing pretty healthy there. One, not so much. To be honest with yourself in those areas so that you can then begin to ask for help and begin to grow and actually strengthen those things so that as you live your life, we're not turning people off to God, but rather they'll say, as we sometimes say here in the South, I want to get me some of that. (laughs)
0: Well, you know, uh, we could, again, spend a lot of time talking about how to finish well. And, And honestly, that is the reason we study the Bible. That is the reason that we spend time in prayer. That is why we focus on praise and worship. Right, repentance is so that we can finish well. But one of the things I've heard you teach on that really um, I think helps us keep things in perspective is perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've I've now adopted this language of understanding seasons in my life, whether they're small seasons or or long seasons. It helps me not to just you know live in the moment and be frustrated, but but to have a longer term perspective. Talk to us about but what, doctor. Dr. Clinton teaches on this and why it's been an encouragement as you encounter people.
2: So for me, in going through something with um, Bobby Clinton, I had to flesh something out in my own life. It was a three-month project that was required of the class, and it was beginning to understand how God develops us. Like One of the things we need to, to realize is that God develops his leaders, regardless if they serve in families, in church life, in vocations throughout society. If you're somebody that loves God, his hand is on you and and we're going to talk about this in future podcasts but your god's hand is on you in your vocation there there is not being a, a pastor or a missionary is not more spiritual than being the president of a company to being able to be driving a school bus to be able to be throwing touchdowns at a college level or it doesn't matter if God has called you and wired you with those gifts and opened the doors for you, you and I can can live a life that can honor him. And and God develops us to glorify his name and to advance his kingdom through these little, as Paul calls them, jars of clay, that's you and me. And Bobby, in his research of all these leaders, just through his observation, he began to see that people live in different seasons of life. And for the person that lives, say, a full life of, let's just call it 70, 80 some years, there's usually about five different seasons to their lives. And it's an interesting study to take a look at it when we go through something Sonia called a leadership journey, that is a January to June six month leadership development uh, discipleship expression uh, with Lionshare. We take two months time and help somebody really discover their own storyline. So you can look at your past and reference that in light of your future, in light of not only your future but your current choices that you're making, and and a couple of things that. Bobby talks about that I think would be good for our listeners to hear today. One is this, if you're in your 20s and 30s, it's more about what God is building in you than what he's doing through you. Let me say that again. If you're in your 20s and 30s, it's more important to pay attention to what God's building in you than what he's doing through you. Now, when you obey the Lord in doing something, he can do anything through you. But are you paying attention to what God's trying to build internally in you? And here's why. You usually don't hit your stride, according to Bobby's observation of 1,300 leaders from scripture, church history, and modern times, that it's not usually tell somewhere in your 50s, maybe even mid to late 50s into your 60s, until you fully hit your stride. Now that goes counterculture to everything we're ever taught, especially for me that lives in the Franklin, Tennessee area, where if someone can sing, we put them up on a stage. And at at 15, they're a star. And yet their inner life is not ready to handle what can be put upon them, sometimes for the sake of just making money from their lives. And so I want you to just know and understand if you're listening to this today and you're in your 30s and 40s, you haven't maybe gotten close yet to hitting your stride. For some of you, that's great news. And so let me give you two illustrations here. Moses. Moses' life can be divided up into three 40-year segments. First 40 years in Egypt, best education on the planet. Next 40 years in the wilderness where he's establishing a family in his own walk with God. And then that last 40 years, he's called into Egypt. And the trigger point to be called into Egypt, if you remember, is the burning bush. Moses was 80 at the burning bush. Now catch this, two-thirds of his life was preparation for a third Catch that with me a minute, which if we look at our lives, well, yeah, then if you're going to be 75, it's not till somewhere in your fifties. See, so, so there's, there's biblical kind of precedent and understanding of that. And the last one I'll throw your way is, is Jesus. Jesus was about 33. The scripture says, as he stepped into ministry, catch this 30 years of preparation for three, 10 elevenths of Jesus's life was preparation. And we don't hear much about it at all. Matter of fact, nothing after 12. And so I just want to encourage us, if you can have that perspective, it helps you be able to make choices today that can impact your tomorrows.
0: Uh, you're asking a lot, Dave, because, you know, patience is a quality we're all so good at.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I know you've used the phrase itchy feet right? We, yes. we just itch to you know jump into our calling and go, 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 go. Uh, and a lot of times that will lead to one of the things we've talked about, right? F- falling, yes. uh, finishing poorly, not having that foundation so that we can finish well. As you mentioned, you teach something called the leadership journey, which goes from January to June. And if these kinds of things are really interesting to you and you want to see the timeline of your journey, I encourage you to go to our website and under resources you'll find more information about a leadership journey thanks dave for joining us and for sharing this wisdom from you dr clinton and examples from the bible check out the episode notes that go along with today's discussion you can find a list of scripture references and an outline of what we talked about go to lionshare.org podcast And while you're there, take a look at Dave's new book, The Great Opportunity, Making Disciples of Jesus in Every Vocation. When you add it to your cart and type the promo code PODCASTBUNDLE, all caps, all one word, "Podcast Bundle," we'll throw in a free copy of Dave's book called The Jesus Blueprint. It's a great time of year to bless that friend, family member, or pastor with a book. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Wisdom Unlocked the Ways of God is a production of Lionshare, a ministry that ignites and provides resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. To learn more about what we do and how we can help you, please visit lionshare.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo.